It's season nine and we're feeling fine because it is the holiday time. Welcome to the Silver Bells season. In this season, we will be exploring not only interviews with the past Silver Bells, but also talking about movies, about Christmas, and we will also be documenting our trip to Richmond to see the Silver Bells. So stick with us. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, today we are talking about 1990s Home Alone. Kevin! Um, I imagine we both saw this in the theaters when it came out. Yeah, no, totally saw it in the theaters. I mean, you're going into a 1990 theater, um, and your your choices are Child's Play 2, Dances with Wolves, Home Alone, The Rescuers Down Under, and Rocky Five. I mean, it's it's not a, a great list. I mean, Dances with Wolves did yeah. well. Um, but yeah, as, as a family, I was 13, and I was probably a little bit too old. I think I had a little bit my nose raised to it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we went as a family, and afterwards I remember being like, wow, that was really good. I really had a good time with that. Mm-hmm. It was funny and all of the things. Um, yeah, so I saw it in the theater. Did you see it in the theater? I did. Um, it, this film has a great soundtrack. I'll start there. The score? The score and the songs chosen, mm-hmm. great Christmas songs. Run, run, Rudolph at the airport is yeah. an iconic. Well, scene. And, and John Hughes has the best music in his movies. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's great at choosing stuff like that. John Hughes, famous for the um, Pretty in Pink, uh, Sixteen Candles, 16 The Candles. Breakfast Club, uh, Home Alone, of course, writing it. Uh, Home Alone Two, writing that. He wrote the remake of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Um, yeah, so... No slouch, John Hughes. No, no, and Chris Columbus, this was his third film that he directed. We talked about a movie he wrote, which was uh, in 1984, which was Gremlins, and he was a screenwriter. Uh, he did. We wrote The Goonies. He wrote... Uh, uh, we mentioned the other night he wrote something else, and now I can't remember, but uh, he directed Adventures in Babysitting, mm-hmm. the first film I, uh, that he directed, and man, I love that movie too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think he had a flop... Uh, for his second film in 88 it was called Heartbreak Hotel I think Um, and then he was afraid he was never going to be able to make a movie again and and Hughes uh, brought him two scripts and he read this one he's like this is the one I want to do it was a great script this movie is has become um, one of the titans of the holiday yeah I mean it it did well when it came out Um, the only other movie domestically that beat it that year do you know? Mm-mm. Ghost. Ah. But then in the next year... A movie I wanted to do for Spooky Season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next year, 91, Home Alone comes in third because it was released in November. So it was, you know, really first 
if, if it was actually put up to Ghost for its entire run. But in 90, it was second. In 91, uh, it was third. It's crazy. It was such a huge phenomenon. Um, people just loved it. It was the highest grossing comedy. It was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest time until The Hangover 2, I believe, uh, took took over i can't believe <laughs> i know that. right isn't that insane that that film will not live on like this one will um i wanted to do this film uh anyway but seeing that macaulay culkin just got his star on the hollywood walk of fame and who was there to speak on his behalf but his cinema mom Catherine o'hara who he still calls mom to this day yep yeah um well doesn't he didn't he have like a messed up situation with his parents i don't know i mean that whole family uh you know, is I mean, Kieran Culkin's in it. He plays uh, the cousin Fuller. Fuller, who yeah. What's the bed? Which is amazing to see him there and and everything with Succession now as, as him and as an adult. Fuller, what's the bed? It, it it's the brilliant. I was just saying the brilliant bit of uh, physical comedy of his reaction to when the chair gets scooched out and he gets pinned behind the chair. Yeah, very very brilliant. Um, Great shot too. Now this family, this house. What do these people do for a He's living? a successful businessman, and she is a fashion designer. How do you know that? Um, it was in the novelization of Home Alone. Okay. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. That house is, like... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's all filmed in Illinois. That's where Hughes was from. He filmed most of his stuff there, and we were talking about the gym that he used, which he used in Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles, and was where his production company... Had offices. It was a school, right? Yeah. And, and they, the set was built in the gymnasium. In the gymnasium, yeah. The um, inside. There's the a interiors. lot of the stuff that yeah. was used interior. The basement of the actual house. Uh, the attic was all the, the real house. There was a couple other things, too. The stairway, the staircase, I think, as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you've watched that, what's that show on Netflix? Uh, the Movies That Made Us. Mm-hmm. If you've watched that, I mean, there's. I think they kind of hit on every little tidbit about the film. Highly recommend. It was fascinating. A yeah. fascinating episode. Like um, uh, the John Candy. Uh, he he was the only one allowed to improvise because John Hughes, uh, he was doing this as a favor to John Hughes. Um, he only got paid a minimum, SAG minimum, which was $414 for a 23-hour shoot, basically. And he ad-libbed everything. And man... That when he's telling the story about leaving his kid at the funeral home is just killer, man. It kills yeah, me. A couple of years later, he finally spoke no, again. Six or eight yeah. weeks later. Six yeah. or eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I love when he's like, "Yeah, do you recognize me?" Yeah. The Kenosha Kickers. Yeah, the yeah. Polka, 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 polka. The polka twist. Yeah, yeah. He just keeps going. <laughs> and they had worked together at SCTV, Catherine O'Hara and, and John Candy. The Yamahoochee polka. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. It was based on an actual polka guy that you know went around with his band, uh, and partially his character from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, yeah, which I think is also John Hughes. Yeah, written and directed. Um. So this family, uh, it's hard to like those kids. They're all so nasty to Kevin. That's why you know it works so well that when he made his family disappear i mean buzz you just want to punch buzz in the yeah. face somebody asked uh one of the filmmakers later on or or uh where buzz would be now and they said in jail which he actually the actor wound up in jail in 2021 oh no yeah 
the prophecy is fulfilled. Yeah, right. Um, I also, as a casting note, I don't see, except for Kieran and Macaulay, clearly, because they're blood, but I don't look at this family and go, oh, they look like they're all related. They they look wildly different from each other. Absolutely. Um, and I, I that stuck out today. I was like, it's hard to tell who's in what family because nobody looks like alike. who. Who are his uh, his brother and Buzz, sister? Yeah, uh, I don't know. And the girl, one of it's the... not even really important. Really. Yeah, it is not really important. Yeah, there was more scenes of the family in Paris, but they were cut because the test audiences all wanted to get back to Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the story of the neighbor uh, with the shovel, Marley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that arc, which was added by Chris Columbus. I love the 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 spookiness of it, and then the you know the scene in church is really powerful, um, and then of course he's his rescuer in the end, and then you get to see him have his redemption arc through the window. Kevin sees it, and I love that. But yeah, I my first thought this time though was, um, he said his granddaughter had red hair. And the girl he's hugging is like a blonde, like a dirty blonde. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Ooh, continuity error. <laughs> that actress wasn't available that day. And yeah. they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It nobody doesn't, remembers. Yeah, yeah nobody. Yeah. Um, but, but red hair was part of the, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and you clearly saw that girl in the choir singing. Totally. Um, I love that arc. Uh, I love all of his interactions with adults in the real world. Kevin. Um, like the store clerk, um, for the kids, you know, the little toys. Yeah. I, I was reading things about people really misinterpreting a lot of the stuff that happens in the film. That's one of the things that I'm like, oh, he's just acting when he says he's a, a only child. He's, he's just lying. He's buying adult things. He's, he's another person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an error of him saying that he's an only child. Right. Uh, and I totally get that watching that scene. He's like being somebody else kind of thing wait i have a coupon for that yeah um how many days is this is it three i don't know i want to say it's three okay but maybe it's less than that i don't know well the reason i ask i think there's definitely i think it's three because ma bell according to the guy in the beginning says the ma bell will have uh the phones back up in a couple of days Mm -hmm. how does he order pizza yeah Okay, it's a, it's a movie. It's a movie. And I was like, because Kevin's dad was just trying to call him in the scene before. Now, it could have been at different time periods or whatever, but it was just a weird... I was like, wait a second. If the phones are dead, if the internet's not there for him to order pizza, how did he order pizza? I don't know. What Maybe the phones were back up, but wouldn't they be calling constantly? And wouldn't the cop, when they called him... Like, know that there was a kid there, that the parents said there's a kid there? They would not... Not they would not cop stop. Went by, but there was no one there. No, like no, no. The cop would actually like be like, "Hey, this is the cops. It's safe." Aren't movies fun, Ryan? <laughs> we we don't have to delve that. I well, and also, well, that's the thing. I'm on its level, and I can overlook all of these things. But there was many times watching it where I'm always like, "Well, wait a second. If this were to happen, it would be fine." But like. There is not another single soul. Like, I remember as a, as a kid, an eight-year-old child, you know, if my neighbors, I didn't have a lot of neighbors because I lived in the boonies, but I there were places I could go mm-hmm. 
that I knew an adult. I don't know. It's just weird that he doesn't try to find somebody or anything. And I guess it's also because... Maybe he doesn't want to. Well, I think it's also he thinks he wished them away. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of a supernatural thing, but it's only to him. The audience knows that it's just all by chance. Um, yeah, but when she calls the cops from Paris, she doesn't say his age. She just says, I have a son left home alone. The first thing you say is, I have an eight-year-old child by themselves at home and then what do they do they get there they take them and then they have to like go to like child services because they left their child at home (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's why we didn't see that in this movie it would be (laughs) very depressing um okay angels with filthy souls amazing first thing filmed okay for years i thought this was a real movie right yeah no it was was, uh based off of angels with dirty faces which was a 38 Filmed by Michael Curtis. Was Cagney in that? Uh, Cagney. Yeah, I've Bogart, seen that. Uh, George Bancroft. Yeah, so it was it was a takeoff of that. And the guy that gets that shoots the gun was originally supposed to be the other guy, but had hurt his knees, and so he couldn't do the fall of when he gets shot. Anyway, that's a funny thing. I imagine this is the movie that he's not allowed to watch. Do you remember he complained? Exactly. Totally. That uncle, what's his face? Yeah, Uncle Fred. Look what you did, you little jerk. Which was originally supposed to be Kelsey Grammer. Oh. It was written for him. Too small a part. Yeah. Um, you get this whole sense of who the aunt and uncle are. They're like the cheapskates. They don't make as much money as his brother does. It's his younger brother. They kind of just ride on the coattails, stealing things from the plane. That's Crystal. Put it in your purse. Put it in your purse. <laughs> that, that was my family. Oh, really? Well, I mean, we didn't have somebody to, to do that to, uh, family-wise, as money, money-wise, but that, that would have been us, like, you know, taking you things go to the, the hotel. hotel. Yeah, <laughs> towels and soaps Absolutely, and yeah. Everything you possibly could. Um, well, we paid to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you get the... They do a wonderful job at, with very few lines. You get the entire relationship. You get the... Who they are. Um... And the, yeah, I was gonna say originally, in the original script, Uncle was his name Fred. That's Frank. Frank, Uncle Frank, uh, was originally supposed to be the mastermind behind the Wet Bandits, and that he told them that all these people were going to be gone, and he hired them to go and rob the entire place what? and kill uh, Kevin. Oh my God! Darker movie. Yeah, darker movie. Totally. God. I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> Much like the Gremlins script changes. Yeah, I'm right, glad yeah, it happened. Totally. Um, so, Joe Pesci. Oh, so good. And Daniel Stern, the Wet Bandit. So good. Daniel Stern did not want to do this movie. Well, he it's not that he didn't want to do it. He was hired for six weeks. I am pretty sure in the movies that made me, on the first read, he was like, I don't know. And then his agent was like, you should do this. It's John Hughes. I, I didn't read that, but I did read that they were friends, Pesci and, and Stern. Uh, it was originally, you know... Uh, Daniel think, Stern, famous for Chud, the yeah. 80s film. Uh, also famous as the voiceover for Wonder Years, the yeah. Fred Savage one. Um, always loved him. Such a good actor. Uh, great in Chud. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he was hired for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and This is what he's the most famous for. Yeah, and they were going to extend it for two weeks, and they weren't going to pay him. So he he's he left, 
they brought in this guy Roebuck. Uh, somebody, I think his name may have been Daniel Roebuck, or I think it's Daniel Roebuck. Uh, brought him in. Uh, they fired him after a couple of days, saying that he didn't have uh, chemistry with Pesci. Uh, and then Warner Brothers brought him back in, uh, and said they were going to pay him for uh, two weeks. Now Roebuck got paid a pretty penny. He just couldn't take another job until this film was done mm. and out. But he still got paid really well. Um, but yeah, Pesci was really mean to Culkin on... Not mean, but very standoffish with Culkin on the set because he didn't want it to feel like they, they were, were friends. friends in any way whatsoever. Um, but I... Man, some of the stuff that Stern says, like, maybe he committed suicide. Completely ad-libbed. <laughs> just, just freaking funny. Uh, why the hell do you look like a chicken? Another ad lib, good stuff. I mean, this this he sounded mo- like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has so many great quotable lines. I think we're getting scammed by a kidney gardener. <laughs> so good. Chris Columbus loved Joe Pesci. Didn't think he'd be able to get him. Just loved. Was it like a an idol to him? Got him on there, and then had him always do the. You think I'm funny? Mm. on set and so there's actually a cut scene where there's a little bit of that kind of thing but it, it, they didn't put it into the film but yeah he had him do it on set all the time um let's let's toss up some other quotable lines from this oh god all right there's clearly ah and kevin <laughs> um there's also i made my family disappear yeah i'm wiggling my eyebrows listeners um i know that i wrote some down on a review I did years ago, and now I just can't find it. A lovely cheese pizza, just for me. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. Um, Mom, does Santa Claus have to go through customs? Mm. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I just the John Candy stuff is just. Well, I, I did leave one at a funeral funeral parlor once, and then at the end of that whole story, he's like. You brought it up. I was just trying to cheer you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just some great stuff. I man. love when he tries to make her play his saxophone, which is or his clarinet, his which clarinet. is so gross. It like, is. you would never do that. She's like, oh, no, thank you. No, try. No. <laughs> um, Catherine O'Hara. Well, yeah, I mean, and she was talking at the... Uh, the uh, ceremony for the Macaulay. The ceremony, yeah, for Macaulay and the, the, the Walk of Fame. And she told us a story about having to say the line a second time of when she's like, well, why don't you wish it? Maybe it'll come true. Mm -hmm. Like she just couldn't see saying this to this small little beautiful, yeah, yeah, little boy. Um, But she's just a horrible mother. Horrible. And the (laughs) sequel reinforces that. (laughs) She's got a shorter haircut in the sequel, but she's still a bad mom. Yeah. Like they have a breakdown at the police where they're like, this is becoming a family tradition. Um, And then she starts crying. Um, The sequel, we don't have to talk about, but I am just watching it for the first time. I never saw it. And then I never wanted to watch it because Trump's in it. But anyway, it's interesting. It's not as good. But uh, Tim Curry... I mean, the Tim, Tim Curry. Curry of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dana Ivey and, um, oh, the the guy who's the bellhop is from Saturday Night Live. Uh, Rob Schneider. Thank you. Conservative. Uh, um, so anyway, a uh, lot of quotable lines. But but let's talk about the, uh, the things that would have killed the wet bandits that he does to them because they okay. would have died. The they iron. Would've... 
The, dead. Yeah. Dead. Blood gushing out of his head would have happened. From that height? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dead. Um, the burning. The burning of the skull? The burning of the skull would have been. That would have been bone. Yeah. And you would have not, like, woken up. Um, the, the, the ice. Uh, them falling on the ice. Man, those... A new kind of stunt was made yeah. from this. It was human Looney Tunes. It was that fall that they called the, the... I can't remember. It's in the movies that made us, but... Yeah, and they originally had, like, rigging and stuff, so it wasn't as bad, but they couldn't get it right, so all of them were doing it. A 30-year-old woman, short woman, was Macaulay Culkin's <laughs> stunt double. Of course. Because I was like, who is that doing the zip line? Across from the house to the treehouse. Can I just say that when whenever we hit the zip line, I get sad. Because there's no more, like, traps. Yeah, it's done. What's interesting, too, because, like, Chris Columbus, you think about he he always liked inventions because he wrote Gremlins. Mm-hmm. He wrote The Goonies, and he got uh, Data. Data. Yeah. Uh, and even in Young Sherlock Holmes, there's some inventions kinds of things. So this was very right up his alley as far as you know creating these things for this kid to do to these this he hated the feather one because he thought it wasn't hard enough like he wanted all the other ones were just horrific things there a paint can that would have killed oh the two paint cans yeah that would have killed yeah um daniel stern's scream when the tarantula goes over his face it 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 is my scream as well it would be my scream (laughs) but it's so real Oh my god, it's so And real. I wonder if that spider really went across his face. Oh yeah, no, it was a real spider. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just his honest-to-God reaction. Right, right. Maybe. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, uh, I will say that the night before everyone leaves, and you have the... Dun, 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 it's windy, and the close-up of the Santa wreath that looks creepy... It's a great moment. It's a great, like, foreboding what's going to happen kind of thing. And the score is so whimsical and so, like, Which almost spooky. The guy that was supposed to do it dropped out two days before he was supposed to, oh, like, start God. making it. And uh, they didn't think they were going to be able to get John Williams. John Hughes reached out to, to Steven Spielberg and was like, do you think he, you know, got his number, called yeah. him. John Williams watched it and was just completely enchanted and, and said yes and came back and did the sequel, too. Wow. And was nominated for an Academy Award for it. John Williams seems like a really great dude. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to know that man. Um yeah, I mean, probably won't happen. But that score is just—it's gorgeous, off the charts. It's gorgeous, um, just perfect in every scene. And the moment that still gets me a little like Ugh, is when Catherine O'Hara comes home, and almost expecting him to like run and hug her, and he doesn't. Yeah, it's hard. a lot yeah. because that's like no, you're a bad mom, and you left me alone. Which okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. What mom yeah. do you know that is going on a trip like this that does not make sure that her own kids are in a van and then entrusts it to an older niece? Mm. I don't. I just don't. I don't see it happen. I don't know. When you have that many kids, and I you're think going at some point, you're just like they'll be there. I don't know. <laughs> and you're going quick, but you're right. They're they're on a on a on. A, you know, they wake they up, up late. late. We slept in. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, I think John Hughes really tried to think of all of the plot hole things of, of, of how to keep it, the, you know, it going. But if you really start to unravel it, um, it, it unravels pretty quickly. It, yeah, pretty quickly. But then she has to say, 
oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry. And then it's okay. And yeah. then I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then I see the old man, the neighbor with his family, even though the girl is With the strange, not. strange girl. <laughs> um, and that's a little, oh. And then, of course, it's all ruined by Buzz saying, what did you do to my room? Uh, funny thing about Buzz's uh, picture of his girlfriend. Yeah. Do you know about this? No. So Christopher Columbus thought it would be horrible to, you know, put a girl in a picture like that and then, you know, have that for the rest of their lives. And, and just he didn't he thought it was mean. Yeah. So it is a uh, one of the uh, crew's sons dressed up as drag. Oh, girl. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they did that because I frequently Absolutely. wondered. Absolutely. Like what poor actress had to sign off on this yeah. and get paid $50 exactly. to feel bad about herself forever. A um, couple of things in the filmmaking are, are good. The editing's uh, pretty great. Uh, I mean, in every scene, there is red and green. The furniture, the, the food, every everything is red and green. Are we to garner something from that is this like the sixth sense no, no it's just christmas it's christmas yeah. exactly in every single scene and then um in the beginning of the film you notice that macaulay culkin is shot from above and so it's you see how tiny is he is and by the end of the film the camera is down below making him seem bigger and taller and he's grown he, he's grown uh and you know much more confident in in who he is um which is, you know, interesting things to, to talk about when it comes to, you know, making a, a film for children like this. It's it's astonishing when his family comes home and they say, like, pretty cool you didn't burn down the place. And, like, I don't know how he didn't. I mean, with all the, like, heated things on doors and whatever. I mean, how was all that clean? He must have cleaned it all up. I mean, you can't think about it too much, man. I know. Yeah. But, and then he's like, they're like, what did you do? And he's like, just hung around. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking too hard, right? Because yeah. there would be a police report. They would know yeah. that this burglary. It, I mean, you start to think about it and it just starts to unravel. Um, like, how did he order pizza? Um, or, I mean, and, and from the beginning, would this mother really do this to this child? I mean, she, maybe she's that scatterbrained. Um, but would you not... Well, she's a fashion designer, Ryan. <laughs> she's got things to do. Wouldn't you recognize it? Okay, you have all this time to recognize it. You get to the airport. You're all running. At no point are you checking on... I, I don't know. Well, it's her baby, too. It's yeah, her baby. The most recent. And that's the thing. You are always... Where's the baby? Yeah. John Hurd uh, thought this was going to be horrible. Didn't want to do it. Uh, and then it, you know, did amazingly and it was really good. And then when he came back for the second one, the first scene that he's shooting, he like starts to apologize to John Hughes and uh, to Chris Columbus. And uh, they still have the video of the apology that John Heard gave them because he because of the things he said about in the press or no, no. He just during shooting of the first film, he's like, this is going to be horrible. This is not a, a good movie you know said bad things about it and apologized <sighs> that's like richard dreyfus with jaws you yeah know? yeah totally like you have no idea oh my god you're... uh daniel stern and joe pesci thought this was gonna be shit and probably brings them some of their biggest checks and they so they went huge they went big with everything they were doing which just read into this looney tunes thing that they were cursing constantly joe pesci's so used to cursing that you know he couldn't um, they kept on telling him you can't you can't do that. So the 
the thing that he does where he's like not saying anything, just just the gibberish, which adds that Looney Tune quality is him trying not to curse. <laughs> <laughs> the shot with the blowtorch on his head. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Ah! Yeah. Um and I guess robbers were something to be scared of as a as a kid. I don't know if I ever really Home invasion, dude. Yeah, home invasion, yeah. And I just don't remember being afraid of that as as a child. I maybe because I, I lived out in the boonies. I was afraid of it. Um but, you know, Night of the Living Dead is one of my favorite films and was when I was a kid too, so home invasion. Right, right. A fear of those people beating on your door trying to get in. Um but Macaulay Culkin, man, it just sells everything about this this movie. He's so good. Um, a star. It's it's an instant star-making performance. He never eclipsed this performance. And even though he's done great work in his life since and whatever else, it's just so interesting that... I mean, like, he's great in Uncle Buck. This was bef- And Uncle Buck was John Hughes again. Sure. And John Candy before. But and... what I'm saying is you can't eclipse oh, this. No, is the North no. Star for him. Totally. And it's got to be weird. Not the good son. He's great in the good son, but like... People didn't want to see that in a way, I think. Yeah, totally. Um, it's got to be weird that your first thing is your biggest thing, and then the rest of your life you can't chase that fire. Mm-hmm. You can't top it. And you've created one of the legendary, you know, like I said, titans of holiday films. De- definitely iconic. Yeah. yeah. And how do you ever... You know, maybe you maybe you come to a point where you're like, yeah, I did that. He almost didn't get the role. Really? Yeah, well, because John Hughes had worked with him on Uncle Buck and said, this is the kid that needs to be doing this. Right, because Uncle Buck came and first. And Chris Columbus was like, I don't, I don't want Hollywood to think I'm a pushover. So they auditioned like 200 kids. John Mulaney, the comedian, he was one of the kids that auditioned. Oh, wow. uh, the, the kid that... Uh, the next door neighbor that gets counted that's, that comes over, he was up for... That uh, kid's so annoying. Kevin as well. Oh, wow, batteries! And then Chris Columbus was like, yeah, after that 200 audition, he's like, Macaulay Culkin's the one to to do it. No. Um, he just had this bright-eyed realization and humor of... I mean, I think Dakota Fanning had it too mm-hmm. as a kid. Now, she's still working and, you know, doing things, but, you know, she did some iconic things as a child that... How do you ever go beyond that? Like you were saying, Drew Barrymore, same thing. Well, she's gone well beyond that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, for me, I still, when I think of Drew Barrymore, the first thing that comes to mind is E.T. It's the same kind of of performance. God, what a storied career that is. Yeah. Because I was going to say Firestarter, but then I was like, of course, E.T. Yeah. Before that. Wow. Well, Macaulay... Uh, Gives a performance for the ages here. He floats this movie. He keeps it going because we just want to be in that house seeing what he's doing. And I, I love that um, that this child, um, they bet all this, this money on this one child who did not disappoint and came through. And can you imagine being nine years old or whatever on a set, probably having no clue... Other than this is just fun. Well, yeah, totally. But he was he was a perf- his whole family. He had already done. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean. So like, I'm sure he he was very professional. That's what they always said about him. Like he was a very professional person on set. He would jokingly direct uh, Chris Columbus on the set. So he he, nice. he was he was an adult. You know, that's what Dakota Fanning was. That's what Drew Barrymore was at a very young age. They had this 
adult way Quality. of doing uh, the. I'm trying to think of the girl that played Curly Sue, which is another John Hughes uh, movie. The girl that played Curly Sue, she had the same thing. Mara Wilson had the same thing. Hmm. Um, who was in the remake of Miracle on 34th Street with John Hughes? Uh, did Hook? Um, they all had this this adult quality and humor and intelligence that doesn't come through in a lot of child uh, performers. Hmm. Um, and I think that's just an inherent talent, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I remember the first show I ever did was Oliver in 1989, and I was, what, uh, 11 years old? Speaking um, of Oliver, uh, the, the the dress, uh, the costumes for uh, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci were based on Fagin from Oliver. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> That's funny. And I remember being, like, that kid who, like, knew everyone's lines. And if people would go up on mine, I'm like, this is what it is. And people probably hated me. But, like, I, I knew everybody else's lines, and I was like, no, you go over here. The kid that you hate, the, the next-door neighbor? Yeah. If you, if you go back and watch it, he's mouthing the driver's lines. Of course he is. <laughs> of course he is. That's great. That, I'll look for that. Yeah. I'll look for that. Well, no, I mean, I was... I started acting at a very acting, I should say, singing at least. Uh, I was in like church things, mm-hmm. uh, and for me, it was all about making the adults laugh. Yeah, or yeah. making the adults feel, being seen, you know. And so, like, doing it at a young age, as, as you did as well, there was already this uh, thing inside me that wanted to entertain. Mm-hmm. people um it's not always necessarily the I, I probably was horrible not horrible but i probably was you know pretty good for where i lived you know what i mean right uh, which is what happens with acting and and everything throughout you know all of the country all of the world we all think we're the number one thing we grow up we go to high school and maybe you are where you are exactly and maybe you are you where go you are somewhere else and then you're not and yeah. then you have to like i couldn't even imagine being that age and being in a movie this big like how do you handle it same thing with drew barrymore like how do you handle all of this press <laughs> well both drew and macaulay went through some rough times they did yeah totally um, uh, so that's that's that that says a lot at the pressure and the the you know the hollywood machine of like it it's got to be uh i can't imagine what it's like but but clearly they they've both come through it are still doing things macaulay was great in american horror story um the red tide season party was, monster when he that, party that, monster. was that one of the first films he did yeah after as an adult yeah mm-hmm. he was great in that um very disturbing film but he's great in it and i think he did it on purpose to kind of break the mold sure um and now his younger brother is you know doing just fine having just wrapped secession uh and we loved that too so yeah and like i don't know i just miss movies like this that had these bright stars and not just macaulay but every little piece fit Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara, John Candy for that little little bit. I mean, I 
I just don't feel like that is something in a studio film, at least. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about that. How it was at Warner Brothers for a certain amount yes. of money, and they didn't want to give them any more money, and so John Hughes secretly got the script to 20th Century Fox. Fox yeah, and then Warner Brothers. You know, said no, we're not going to do this, and a 20th Century Fox immediately picked, picked it, up it up on turnaround, and gave him the money that they wanted to do. So it's a, it's a. I highly recommend the movies that made us Home Alone. Um, it, it goes in depth into this, and and there's a, a bit where people are being fired and then rehired behind the person firing them in this like school production office. It's a really great story. So. If you like Home Alone, if you like this discussion, go watch the movies that made us on Netflix and, and, and uh, the Home Alone episode. Just listening to the music of this, you don't even have to watch the movie. And I feel like it's Christmas. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah, that's going to be fun in your ear. You're welcome for that. Um all right, well, this has been Home Alone. It's been a great time. And yeah, good convo. What are we thinking about next? I don't know. Um, I know we have a list, but um, I think we should keep in the 80s, 90s, 90s kind of place right now and say, let's do a Christmas story. Okay. All right. We can do that. And uh, I also wanted to say something else about Home Alone, and I just forgot it. Um, yeah, no, that that's fine. A Christmas Story is great. Again, another movie that I came to later on in life. Uh, with a bright young star, a bright young kid who is yeah. giving an, a performance for the ages before they're even really self-aware what they're doing, you know? Uh, he was a he was huge. I remember him in The Dirt Bike Kid. Did you ever see that? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, I think it was a Disney film. Um, and there was also a sequel to A Christmas Story. Um, a Summer Story, I think it's called, or something like that. Before the sequel that just came out yeah oh really and it's I not think, no it's called a christmas story too no 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 well there there's a lot of things going on with christmas story but there's one that takes place not at christmas and i think kieran culkin is the kid so it was like a tv film maybe i don't know we'll have to we'll, yeah we'll look into we'll it. research but yeah. it's not bad it's not great the uh, to me the mom and dad and peter billingsley without them it's just like a shell of a thing but I think it's Kieran Culkin. I I could be mistaken though. And it, you said a summer story. It's that's not it, but it's something like it's something else story. Huh. Um, Interesting. I did not know that. Well, it's another chapter from In God We Trust. Although there's pay cash by Gene Shepard, it's another uh, story in that book. And I've read that book, and I remember when I watched the film, I was like, oh yeah, this is this chapter. So anyway. We'll talk about all that next time. Thank you guys for listening. And please, if you're looking for holiday plans, check out Virginia Repertory Theater's production of The Silver Bells that Matthew and I wrote running till New Year's Eve. You can get the ticket details in the podcast notes. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Hanukkah. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Please follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon under Connor and Smith. Again, Connor and Smith with an E-R. 
Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It helps us out so much. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. We are so appreciative to all of you for following us on this journey. And happy holidays to you all.